private industry side of this, you know, you have a tree service or something like that. How best, how best do these concepts inform better practices for a, a private tree service? Well, uh, a quick example, a lot of stuff like the training and all that, enhancing skill sets, is, is critical because who's, your client is relying on you to make a determination and you know, give recommendations on it. They may follow or not, but they are relying on you for your opinion. So anything you do to enhance that is important. I mentioned early in the day that it's a little bit different animal because you're, you're, you are essentially, depending on your relationship with your client, is that you are essentially micromanaging a small number of trees for that client. But it is possible, depending on the size of the yard and things like that, is to identify target zones, high target zones, low target zones within the property, as an example. But that's a dialogue with your client. Okay, if they have small children, is the back of the yard used more than the front of the yard? What's the problem with residential properties, and even on the perimeter of this park, is that a tree in the yard may affect somebody else. So there's that, and a lot of residents don't think about that. It's, it's really, to a certain extent, your job to help inform on that. Okay? Now, what I do, as a, I don't have a lot of residential clients. I mostly advise, and then work with them to contract out somebody and do the work. Um, but what I feel my role is, and I think it's a parallel role for the private sector, is that if I find an issue that I think is a high risk for my client, first and foremost, why do we do risk assessments? It's about, about minimizing or preventing something, someone getting hurt or property getting damaged. I mean, that's the bottom line. The liability is secondary. Uh, or defensible programs. It's about, first and foremost, can we implement stuff that uh, reduces risk of these you know, catastrophic events happening. And so that may mean you know, uh, a significant dialogue with your client. That may mean more intensive intervals uh, for inspections and stuff because the, your the, uh, private sector has, in my view, because it's an individual and possibly a small company, they have a lot greater liability exposure. Okay, and where there is a certain amount of buffering for a municipality, in Ohio, for example, there's a really high bar for public-owned entities um, that you have to prove wanted negligence. Um, um, it doesn't matter if uh, like a fatality or injury occurs. Uh, the biggest thing you have to prove for a public agency that they're wantonly negligent. That's a really high bar to um, cross over. Private sector does not have that kind of buffer. And so more than anything, it's about, about to me, it's about being di uh, diligent. So if you have staff and crew up in the trees, then they are observant, they see that sheer crap, and enhancing that, and it, it may also mean that you have to work closer with your client on, like I said, the inspection intervals and stuff like that. Then, but all the other things, like the likelihood of things happening, are, are they're very parallel between private and public sector. The, the, the thinking is very much the same. <laughs> so the program refinement is, is very, uh, this is a very quick session here. It kind of draws a conclusion on, you know, 
You know, risk is about identifying what the issues are and then implementing uh, a strategy to address those issues. But the program review really looks at, is it working? Is it doing what we think it's doing? Okay? And so that's about these metrics. So analyze your program's progression. How has training improved? Uh, how has, you know, having no certified arborist and the next year you have one certified arborist, is that an improvement? You bet it is. And that is something that the public, the judge, an attorney, jury, believe and take into consideration. So these may be very, very small steps, but it's an easy way to quantify a change from the previous year and the year before and the year before that. Okay, some of the changes may be very simple, but uh, uh, any way to quantify it is positive. So how has the tree population improved? Uh, five years ago we had this many silver maple. Five years later we have this many. If you've got more silver maple, then I can't help you. <laughs> but if you have a hundred less, is that an improvement? You bet it is. Okay? So these are quantifications about a program. Tracking the number of tree-related events. Has the number of claims and or payments decreased? I'm going to close with a very, very quick example from Lakewood. So what you should pick out of this, these are kind of the main ones I look at. They're tangible and all, every single one of them is quantifiable. Okay? So you can uh, document improvements. Um, I had a lot of lists on these. Um, I'm going to just show a couple of them and conclude here. The real long list of just, you'll get them as a PDF uh, in, the, in the packet. The town benefits from this analysis, the damage claims analysis, from this analysis by providing a range of important information. We've discussed quite a few of them already. The historical record provides insights into the level of risk and liability exposure that currently exists. Okay, all these past events that happen or current events that happen are an indicator of your uh, level of risk exposure at this moment based on your current operational program. Okay? It provides guidance on potential areas of improvement, provides direction on modifying the town's response to individual incidences, and the act of reviewing police reports and damage claims demonstrates that the town is proactively addressing the issue. You see what, what's important here? It's not only that you review it uh, and pull stuff out of it, but the act of reviewing it is a positive indicator that you're trying to understand the issue. Okay, so, and that's, I write all that stuff down. So this is all these little steps we're doing to try and improve the program. And I love this. And the uh, 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 response to damage claims, I'm, I'm not gonna go, uh, cover this list, you'll get it with the uh, PDF. What I want to point out is that tree there. That's an American Linden. You see the size of the cabinet of this guy? Okay, that's a car, a private property in the village of Oak Park. Uh, this is quite a while ago where this snapped off. I can't remember if it was a storm event or not. Fell on the car, crushed the car. The owner of the car at this property was an attorney. He sent a fairly nasty letter to the mayor about getting paid for it. And the, uh, the, the village refused to pay the claim, okay? So they sued and went to uh, a judge, a bench trial for it. And the uh, judge threw it out, okay? Judge threw it out because the village's testimony, I was their expert witness in it, 
the village's testimony was that they're on a five-year pruning cycle. Uh, the tree had been inventory and assessed every like six, seven years as part of an inventory. I had no visible signs. We see the cavity now, right? Post failure. <clears throat> Proof that you could see the cavity when it was standing. Visually obvious issue. Couldn't prove it. We had photos around the whole thing. There was no indicator that there was a cavity in this thing. And a homeowner never called up and complained about the tree. So there's no, there's none of that linkage. Okay. So the judge dismissed it because the village program appeared, in his view, reasonable, and they're doing everything they can. That's the way. It goes. That's the way it goes. The guys, homeowners, uh, car insurance, he paid for it. Now, how many people here that's a village owned tree uh, totaling a private property, a car, a private property? How many people think here, uh, don't be shy, how many people here think the town should have paid? It's okay if you do. Okay, good, good. Uh, it doesn't matter. Okay, you know, my job was uh, to present the facts. A judge could have been in a bad mood that day and said, nah, yeah, the village has to pay. That's how random some of this stuff is. But the town is able to demonstrate they had a reasonable program. It, the judge decides. We can all have personal opinions about it. It doesn't matter because in the end run, it's the legal uh, component of it ends up deciding whether it's reasonable or fair or not. Reasonableness, a lot of townships pay. Okay? And that's their right to do it. I'm always for it. If you think you are building a reasonable program, I think it's important to challenge it. So. The, uh, this is my uh, last uh, couple of slides, it's just this one case study, it's about quantification. So this is back to Lincolnwood. Lincolnwood, Illinois, 2007 when I started there as their contract forester. Uh, they have about 9,000 Parkinson Street trees. So this is Devon Avenue, that's uh, uh, this is Chicago right below here, and then this is Lincolnwood. The city of Evanston's over here, where uh, Northwestern University is. So at the time, they had three arborists on staff. Not ISA certified, but they had three guys that did their uh, tree work. Um, it was almost completely service request based. They had about eight property damage claims a year, okay? And the total average was about $7,000 in paid claims a year, okay? Uh, and that's one of the last paid claims. That. that happened to 20,000. The average for like the last six, seven years was about $7,000. Per incident or per year? That's the average for the year. <clears throat> uh, let's see. In 2014, he still had about 9,000 parking street trees. It's changed considerably because uh, EAB had gone through. So they removed about 1,200 trees and replaced most of them with a broader variety so that. That number really doesn't reflect you know, a change there. But now they have five. This is what I'm listing here is with no increase in budget. Okay? They got five ISA certified arborists on staff. Five, they're now on a five-year pruning cycle. They're in their third cycle of a five-year pruning program. Okay? Now they have two to three property damage claims a year, and they haven't paid out a, date, a claim, I think, in six years. What does this um, eight property damage claims a year down to two to three? What does that tell you? Their, their operational program and policies is working. 
quantifiably changed from um, you know the, the higher number, what was it, eight, down to two, the average of two, okay? And that's a quantifiable number that demonstrates that their risk program is, is working, okay? What does the $7,000 in seven, 2007, and zero in 2014 mean? A judge believes it. A judge believes that the program is reasonable and they're doing everything within their capacity um, to minimize issues happening. Okay. So this is this these two simple slides are gold for the village of Lincolnwood. For from here and out in the future, as long as they maintain the program. Now, a, a quick refinement on this is that it's important not to live on the laurels. Uh, ongoing program review, so effect, uh, always monitoring the effectiveness of the options selected, review of recent failure history still, and consequences to see if you can find uh, any areas for refinement. And you notice anything, so these are the last, the last year I was there, right, left in, um, uh, perhaps 2015 to move to Vermont, uh, these were the last like five incidences that I had a record of. Okay, you see anything significant at all of those five items? Yeah, there's a small cluster. The three of them are at least clustered. Okay, this was a honey locust uh, branch that fell and hit a car on a pretty high use road. The, uh, uh, but then you look at this cluster, what can we learn about these incidences. And what it, what it was is, what are these species? It, it, it's not the best. Wait, what? Yeah, exactly. Great. The, and the town out of 9,000 trees has about 150 Siberian elms, and they're all clustered on these short one block streets, about four of them, just south of Village Hall. And this tree here is a good example. It was pruned the previous year, okay? And the guys were. At this point, they're kind of over pruning. These are all lion's tailed and stuff. But like, this branch is dead. It got pruned last year, and now this year it's dead. And so, what would you see? 150 trees. And the bulk of their damage claims are coming from these 150 trees. What is a risk reduction goal for this town to refine that number of damage claims? To get these trees out of the population. It may take five or six years. But it's possible that their uh, average number may get down to one or two events, just by dealing with that one. So refining it, understanding what can these past events tell us about nuances of our uh, program. Okay. This is the very last slide. In summary, the goal of any city, when we're talking about urban forestry, is to promote a healthy, expanding, and safe urban canopy. And that starts from day one, the day you plant the tree through the end of its life, 300 years later. Uh, you know, uh, and so a healthy, expanding, and safe urban canopy. Risk is about, mostly is about managing uncertainty uh, over time. Okay, so uh, Lincolnwood's program change wasn't an overnight thing. It was about implementing changes to their program that um, that allowed those reductions in events and the reduction in damage claim payments to occur. That was an overnight thing. It was a slow process, but 
2014 reality is not a very long time. Okay. So uh, many observations in litigation are logical fallacies that present tree issues in a linear fashion and minimizes risk concepts and context. It's important. As low as reasonably practical, contends that zero risk is not possible if we're going to have the benefits of trees. And the expenditure of further resources may not reduce risk. You have to be able to quantify that your actions are going to reduce the risk. And that Lincolnwood example is, is an example of quantifying it. You must, uh, must analyze your risk exposure in order to manage it. You may not like what you hear or see, but any risk manager will tell you you have, in order to confront risk and able to address it in an efficient and economic a feasibly way, feasible way, you have to be able to identify it. So it's it, it, that again takes will. You know. um, goals and objectives are advised uh, devised to address the issues identified, and they're going to be specific to each community uh, represented here. Uh, evaluate change over time to provide tangible validation of your program. That's really that failure history and claims history and work to make improvements in policies and training. So it's always an ongoing process. Okay. So I have, um, I do have, uh, uh, any questions? <laughs> Sorry. Uh, I'll stick around for a little while to get to the airport uh, shortly, but I do have business cards that I'm free to, you know, feel free to take one. Let me find them first. And then, um, if you have any type of risk question, I encourage you, this is pro bono, I don't no fee involved. Uh, I'm interested, as you can kind of tell, I'm really interested in this topic. And so on any of the issues that I brought up today, um, if you have issues or concerns or you want more clarification, don't hesitate to email me. I'm, I'm more than happy to respond to it, okay? So um, with that, uh, I'd like to thank uh, Nebraska's Urban and Community Forestry Program, uh, Amy, uh, Graham, and Eric for uh, hosting me, and I appreciate everyone's participation here. So, uh, thanks a lot.